Okay, this shoe is for a full shame of Chana Bas Naomi Ella. The today's uh, today's daf we're going to do is Tezayin, daf Tezayin, and uh, would like to go from the last two words of Tezvavam Mubayis fifteen B. And just to clarify how we came up into the discussion, so remember we, were, we mentioned that the eighteen zeros of Shammai and Hillel, and when we started discussing what were the eighteen zeros, one of them we mentioned was Yadayim that hands are always viewed as Tomei to the second degree, Tomei Shani, Tomei Shani. And then we analyzed, was it really Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel who made that institution? Wasn't it earlier generations? In that discussion, we brought out Bryce listing five Gezeras from earlier to Noim, or you know, very early to Noim. And uh, one of them that we mentioned, well, we mentioned two Gezeras by Yossi ben Yoezer and Yossi ben Yochanan. One of them was that Chutz Aretz is Tomei. Anyone who goes into Chutz Aretz is like they came into contact with the corpse. And the second one is that Klis Chuchis is subject to Tuma. Now, a few lines up, we've said, why did they make Xerah that glass can become Tomei? According to the Torah, it can't. So, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, I'm Rabbi Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan said the name of Rabbi Lakish. Some say it should be Rabbi Levi, because Rabbi Lakish was actually a student of Rabbi Yochanan. Very un- wouldn't... Not likely that he would quote his student, but it says, Since initially they created from sand, it's formed from sand, the rabbis made it like Kicheres. Just as earthenware is created from sand mud, put in the cool and it's hardened, but so to glass is formed from melting certain types of sands, therefore it has the same halacha. So he's saying, just as Kicheres is subject to Tumah, so too. Glass is subject to Tumah. So now the Gemara is analyzing, are they really similar? Does this Xeru really stand? So Elamayato, yeah. just to mention, there's certain differences, and this is where some of the confusion comes in, between how metal becomes Tomei and the laws of Tumah regarding metal and the laws of Tumah regarding Cheres, regarding earthenware. Well, I'll mention the points as they become relevant. So Elamayato, based on what we've just said, they should not be able to come tome from outside. Klicheres has a very special halacha that if you touch, let's say you have an earthenware bowl, if something tome and other tome touches the outside, it doesn't become tome. It can only become tome from the airspace inside. But now, so if glass is like earthenware, then glass should also not be able to become tome from the outside. But why did we learn in the Mishnah? Klicheres v'klineser, earthenware and Neser. Neser, it's not so clear what it is. I've seen there are like three translations, natron, chalk, or alum. Okay, but it's something similar to earthenware. To Moson Shove. Their tumma, they have the same laws regarding tumma. First point, mitmim umetami me avirehem. They can transmit tumma and become tome from the airspace. If you dangle an ava tumma, let's say a share, a dead share in the airspace of this bowl, it can it makes the whole bowl tome, and anything else in the airspace of that bowl, whether it's sitting in the bottom of the bowl or or bowl or wherever it is, also becomes tome. So it transmits it receives and transmits through its airspace. They can become tome again same law through a uh, uh, indent a receptacle on the outside. So the common example is a goblet of wine, which the base is a, what's it, a, a upside down bowl. So it can also become Tomei through there and transmit Tumei from there. But from the back, from the outside of the 
cheres ball it can or neser ball it cannot become tomei v'shviroson metaroson and if you break them they become tohor. The only way, there's no way to purify cheres. The only way is if it's broken. If it's not a kli anymore, then it's tohor. Now, the Gemara brings out a point. We've just said it's only cheres and neser that have the same law. But anything else, for example, glass, would not have the same halacha. So glass cannot become... So we said, if we said that glass is like cheres, but like earthenware, but we've just said that only Nesser is like earthenware. So glass, and we point out that glass should not become Tome from the inside. So he says, Na'ela Omri shavinu mateichos. Nah, glass, if glass is broken, you can repair it. You can melt it down or melt it and reattach it. So shavinu, they equated it to metal. So from there, ah, oh, so now we see that not only is glass compared to cheres, it's also compared to metal. Just as, what's the similarity? So metal, if it gets broken or something, you just weld it together, you melt it and reattach it. So to the glass, you can melt it down and melt it and repair it. Once we've said that, then glass can become tome from the outside, just like cheres. So glass can become tome from the outside, just like mateches, just like metal. Elo mayato ah, so wait, you're telling me glass, so really glass is like metal. It says, Well, then it should be able to, its tumor should return like kli mateches. It's the interest, according to the Torah law, as if you have a tome kli and it's broken or damaged, it's not considered a kli anymore, it loses the tumor goes away. And even if you repair it or put it back together, it would still be tohor because the tumor left. And there's a xerah drabonon on metal that if you repair the metal, the tumor comes back. The tumor yeshona, it's old tumor returns. We'll see over the page why that is. But the tnan, we learn this in the Mishnah, klimateches pshuteim Metal, whether it's flat or has a receptacle, or has a bowl-like thing to hold things in, can become tome. Nishburu tohoro, if you break them, they become tohor. if you return, remake it into kalim, the old tumor returns. So we, so we see very clearly that metal, if it breaks, the old tumor returns. We want to compare glass to metal, so you would assume the same thing. It says, ve'ilugabe kli, but by glass we learned kli eitz for kli or kli eitz for kli zchuchis, wooden, um, leather. So the kli etzem, wooden leather bone and glass shutem tohorin. If they're flat, they tohor. Umakablim tameim. If they have a receptacle, they are tome. Nishburu tohoru. If they break, they are tohor. Chazavet vaaso mehem kalim. If you make them into kalim again, makablim tumo. They can only become Tomei from them onwards. I, they, their old Tomei does not return. It's only if they become Tomei again. So what do you see? In our list, we listed glass amongst those items that, well, first two alochas. One is that they, own, they do not become Tomei if they're flat. And secondly, if they break, if they were Tomei and they broke, the Tomei leaves them and it doesn't come back. It's only if it becomes Tomei from then onwards. 
So the Gemara says, Tumas klis chuchis drabonim, with Tumay yishonah drabonim. This, that a glass becomes Tomei's drabonim, as we started off today's daf saying. And this, that Tuma comes back, if you repair that, the kli, the metal, is also only drabonim. But Tuma doraisach, achisu borabonim. Tuma betumas drabonim, lo achisu borabonim. Achisu lo borabonim. Only when it's doraisa Tomei, do the rabbis say the glass is subject to Tuma? But where it is only to, would only be Tome Durabonin, the rabbis do not impose that Tuma on the glass. So, again, something repaired, metal that's been repaired for the Tuma to come back to it, the old Tuma to return, that left it to come back, is only Durabonin, and that's what, um, but we wouldn't say that with glass. Now we just, uh, next point, Tuma, so, Tuma Pshutemia Litma. Okay, fine, granted, it um yeah, it should if it's flat, flat glass, a glass tray should become tomato. Because this that flat metal can become tome is Doraisa. And we said any time there's a tuma doraisa, the rabbis would impose that on glass. So this that flat metal can become tome's doraisa. So this that flat glass should also be. And we said again in the previous price that flat glass cannot become tomate. So the Gemara answers now, Obdi Bahura Bonin Hekera. The rabbis made a, a reminder. They highlighted Kihechi the Lord Lisrof Alaya Truma Vakochim so that you don't burn Truma and Kochim. What does that mean? Um, so there's a, the halacha is if Truma or Kochim becomes Tome, you have to burn it. That's the halacha. If it's tahor, you are not allowed to burn it. It's, it's uh, ruining kodesh, holy atom. So you're not allowed to do that. There's actually a you know, special law that you're not allowed to do it. Now, if this, like we're saying, glass only becomes tome, drabonin. So doraisa is not really tome, so you're not allowed to burn it. Now, how do they make sure, if, if glass is like metal in all halachas, people get confused and think that it's doraisa, subject to Tuma, and therefore if, it, if let's say they had a Tome glass and they put some Truma in it, and now the Truma is Tome, they might burn the Truma. So they had to make a reminder that it's not the same, and therefore that they remember it's only Drabonin, and therefore they said if it's flat glass, it does not become Tome. Now when people remember that, they'll realize that glass is not the same as metal, as we've seen it's not the exact same as Klicheres, and therefore they'll know that it's only Tuma Drabonin. Um, Rav Ashi, Omar Rav Ashi says, No, we don't make that. So, how we've learned up to here is that glass is a bit like its source that it's subject to Tuma is because it's like earthenware, just as earthenware is made from earth, so to the glass is formed from sand, melted sand. And we said, but it's also similar to metal because it can be melted and repaired, just like metal can be melted and repaired. Okay, and we've been uh, analyzing which halachas is it the same and which halachas is it different. But now Ravashi comes along and he says, No, Ravashi, I'm a little damu. No, we only, we, glass is only like klicheres. And we don't make this comparison between glass and metal. We only compare glass to earthenware. Now, but to call, oh, if you're telling me that it's like 
cheres, like it's like earthenware, then it should not be able to come tome from the outside. Remember, we said that if something touches, if tome and avatuma touch, touches earthenware on the outside, the, the earthenware doesn't become better. We, uh, tome, we should say the same thing by glass. So he says, no, hoil venire tochen kabora. Since you can see straight through, we say the outside has the same haloch as the inside. Uh, just as the inside can become tome, the outside can become tome because it's hard to guess distinguish between them. Now, um, yeah, just an uh, important tosis on the top of the page. It says, okay, so fine, regarding tumentahara, according to Rav Ashi, um, yeah, I'm not sure strictly, um, yeah. Regarding Tumentahara, Rav Ashi has said that glass is like cheres. Okay, and there's a special halacha with why the outside does not become tome, why the outside does become tome like the inside, and that's because it's see-through, and therefore we equate them. But what about, we're now going to move on to the next step, and that is, what about what we call tovelin? You know that you put metal in the mikveh. If you buy a new metal cutlery, anything like that, you put it in the mikveh. That's what we call tovlin. That's a different halacha. What we've been discussing up to here is for tumentahara. That's to, once it becomes tome, to purify it. There's another halacha that if you buy or get kalim from an old, you have to put them in a in a mikveh, as I said, what we call tovlin. Now, regarding that, Tosos point out, Rav Ashi agree that glass also has to be put in the mikveh, and this is based on the discussion, this is based on the principle that glass is like metal, that it can be repaired. I, Chazal came along and made it just as metal has to be toveled before you can use it, so to glass, since if you would break it, you can repair it like metal, it also has to go in the mikveh. Okay, and that's how we paskin the two items that need to go in the mikveh, that have to go in the mikveh, is metal, doraisa, and glass, darabonin. Okay, and obviously you say a brocha, as we know, you say a brocha on mitzvahs, darabonin, Chanukah, Mikra Megillah, Lulav, every day of Sukkot, except the first day. Okay, there are many, many examples of saying a brocha on a mitzvah, darabonin. Just... One interesting one, what about plastic? Many plastics, if they get broken, you can melt them and put them back together. So they should have the same aloha. So again, that's another principle we have is that um, we say, um, sorry, slip of mind. We say, we we only follow the xayra as it was made. I mean, when Chazal made the xayra, there was no such thing as plastic, so they didn't make the xayra of plastic, and therefore plastic does not require tovling. Okay, and then all the other complications, ceramics and glazed things, that's all to discuss whether it falls into the category of glass. Don't want to go into that now. One other interesting thing, so we've discussed Tumantahara, we've discussed tovling, that's a new clee, and one further thing we have to discuss is what about kashrus? What's the status of glass regarding um, mixing between using the same glass for meat and milk or the same glass for rest of the year and Pesach? This is in unity Yuma with Pesach coming out. Can you use the same glass for the rest of the year? So there are actually three opinions. I mean, this is brought in the many commentators. The one I've seen the clearest in is 
Yeah, basically, there are three opinions. There's the Ravya, who says glass is smooth, therefore it doesn't absorb any flavor, and therefore you can switch between. You use your glass for meat, rinse it out, use it for milk, rinse it again, use it for meat. Comes Pesach, you rinse it off the chomet, clean it from the chomet, and you use it for your for Pesach. That's the Ravya. Then the second opinion is there are. He holds no. Glass has the same halacha as metal, which means interesting enough, therefore, you don't switch between, you can't switch between meat, milk, and Pesach, but you can always kasher it, you can do hagola or something like, you know, like if you want to use your metal thing on Pesach, you put it in boiling water and you can use it, or if you accidentally use uh, meat and your milk, um, cook meat in your, boil some meat chicken soup in your milk pot, you put it in the thing and you tovel it, so so too with glass. And then the third opinion is the Mordechai who says that no, just like we saw in Al Sugya that glass is like cheres for tumma and taha for tumma. So too glass is like cheres for kashrus. What's the halach of cheres and kashrus? So you can't actually kasher it. If you have an earthenware bowl, a pot that you cooked meat in, and then you accidentally cooked milk in, you you can never fix it. You have to break, you have to get rid of it. There's nothing you can do with it. Um, now the Machaber Paskins like the Ravya, the most lenient opinion, and that's why there are many Svardim who will use um, glass glassware that they have and just uh, rinse it and use it for both meat and milk. However, there are more, in, this is all in Hilchus Pesach that this is brought. Um, there are more brings and says, no, we go strict. And we are like the Mordechai and we treat glass like earthenware. And that's why we um, we keep separate glass. However, there's a Ramor elsewhere by Yayin Nesech. And there the Ramor comes along and he says, he goes lenient and says, you can't just rinse the glass. So he's like the, Pascal's like the Machaber there. So that's why one of the way they resolve the contradiction is they say, um, by hot or by cold. If it's used for hot, so that would be generally the halacha regarding Parex and those other, I don't remember different names, those oven dishes that are made of glass or or uh, glass uh, pots, those sort of things, that would be also to use between meat and milk. We treat it, we go strict and treat it like earthenware. And if it's only used with cold, then you can use... Uh, and then you can use it for meat and milk. And that's, uh, that's uh, I know my family has that custom and I think it's quite widespread. A lot of people have one set of glass, drinking glasses that they use for both meat and milk, again, because it's only used with cold, so there's no problem. Um, another possibility is maybe we go strict about Pesach versus the rest of the year. Pesach, in some aspect, in many aspects, we are much stricter than we do for Pesach to Chomets, then meat and milk. So maybe by Pesach you go stricter, but not necessarily by meat and milk. Um, okay, interesting, uh, a bit more, a few more points on that to discuss, but let's carry on. Um, now we're carrying on with the Bryce that mentioned five Xeris from the earlier sages. So now I'm going to discuss the next one. Shimon Betshetach Tikon Ksuba Le'ishur Le'isha. Shimon Betshetach instituted a special law regarding the Ksuba around women. We discussed that on Friday. Don't want to discuss it again. Because of Tuma Al Klimateches and he decreed Tuma on 
metal. Listen, metal can become Thomas Dorais, and you'll see as the Postuk says, the gold and the silver, etc. And the Postuk continues, you have to uh, purify it. So, uh, so you have to make a Torah, so we see that it can become Tomei. So Moses says, No, he instituted Tumi Yashana to Omar Abu Rama Rav. Rav Yehuda said, Name of Rav, Master Bishel Tzion. There was a case with Bishel Tzion. Um, very interesting. Rashi says, "Who's Bishel Tzion?" So he says, "In the days of Shimon, she lived in the days of Shimon ben Shetach." So someone explained, "Yana, it was Yana's wife, Yana Hamelas' wife, the queen, Bishel Tzion Hamalka." And um, which interesting love. At least I don't know if he had more than one wives, but one of his wives was. Shimon ben Shetach's sister. So it could have been Shimon ben Shetach's sister. But the story happened with Shel Tzion HaMalka. She asked her Mishdalavna, she was making a feast for her son. It seems he was waiting. And all her kalim became Tomei from a mace. She, instead of, yeah, well, let's, she broke them, gave them to the smith or the goldsmith, and he, re-soldered uh, them all together and made new kalim. Now, what generally, if a kli becomes tome from a mace, what do you have to do? So it's a seven-day process. On the third day, you sprinkle the water and poraduma ash on it, and then on the seventh day again. So it's a seven-day process. So she was in a rush. It was her son's wedding. She's a queen. She could afford it. So she just broke everything and sent, got the smith to come and fix it. To save, so instead of it taking seven days, it took a few hours to get it back to being Tahar. So for Omruchachomimyachsurutumasonyashana. And the sages came and said, No, there's a Xaira that the old tumor returns. So they were Tome. When you broke them they became Tahar, and when you repaired them, Drabon and Ale Tome again. Now my timer, what's the reason they made this? They made it to protect the laws of the Meichatas. The Meichatas is this water mixed with Paraduma ash to purify from corpse tumor. It says what? Rashi points out because if there was always a way around it, then people would uh, forget the halachas and Chazal didn't want us to forget the halacha, forget the concept of purifying things through Meichatas. Not sure in my mind it's difficult because you still, people who became Tome from Tumas Meich would still have to purify through Meichatas. Um, so why would they forget them? But maybe regarding kalim utensils, they would forget the halacha, that they need to be purified um, in this process. But again, so, if you broke metal, Torah it loses tumor, but when you repair it, the tumor comes back, and you'd have to go through the seven-day process again anyway. This fits in very well with the opinion that what's the reason they made the Xaira that Old tumor returns. Well, they only made the xayra that old tumor returns by. Um, um, they, oh, sorry, this fits in very well with the opinion that this that tumor returns is only by tumor's may something that became tome from a corpse. But according to the opinion that it became tome from all of them, what's there to say? 
all sorry all different types of tumor would return. So if it was tumor's mace, it was a if the actual metals are avatuma, it returns. And if it became tome from an avatuma, the rishon would return. How are you going to explain it then? It's, it's clearly not to protect mechatas because it's by all tumors. So Amar all levels of tumor. Amar says, Another concern is that you won't make a proper hole in it and remove its tahara. I, again, to take a kli that is tome and by breaking and make a tahar, you have to make a, a significant uh, hole in it that it loses the status of a kli. Now, if you're going to repair it anyway, you might not do that properly, and therefore it would really, dorise it would remain tome. So, to Rabbonin, they made the xayra that even if you break it and repair it, it remains tome. Rava Omar, Rava says, No, the xayra is that people might think that if you put it in the mikveh, it's tahar immediately. Again, they saw this person in the morning with this tomekli, and then they see them using it later in the day. They're going to think that, oh, they took it, put it in the mikvah, and they're using it straight away. But we know that when, if you have to put something in the mikvah, when does it become tar? At nightfall. So people will get confused with that alocha. Therefore, they made a xayra that you always have to use the mikvah. You can never, if you break it and then repair it, it would still be tome and you'd have to put it in the mikveh and then everyone knows that if you put it in the mikveh you have to wait till nightfall now my bene what's the difference between abaya and rova again abaya says our concern is that you won't guess let's say break it sufficiently so it's not really considered broken and rova says the concern is that people get confused and say that if you put it in mikveh you can use it straight away when really you can only use it at nightfall so there's no um, my bene where the smith completely reformed it. Right, if, um, now there's two versions in Rashi, but Rashi says the one he prefers is that if the smith completely reformed it, according to Robert's Tahar, because it doesn't look like the same key that was used this morning. This morning the guy was using this old uh, metal bowl, and now he's using this brand new metal bowl. So there's going to be no confusion. But according to Abaye, well, he might not break it properly before he reforms it. Um, and therefore, it would still be problematic. Okay, so Abti, we now finish discussing that side point and we're going back to our, how all of this came about. The discussion of what are the 18 decrees. So we've actually learned nine. So this is going to be the 10th. Be'irich mahi, what's the 10th? The tan we learned in a Mishnah. Now, just before we go into this Mishnah, just remind of, of a certain halacha. If you have mikvah water, which has to be fortisaya, adding water to it can't really invalidate it. There might be certain cases that are modern, but strictly speaking, it can't become invalidated. However, if it's less than fortisaya and you add three lugin of mayim shuvim, I'll explain what that is shortly, it makes all, it ruins all that water. So you'll have to get rid of all that water and start again to collect your fortisaya for a mikveh. Now what's Mayim Shofim? So we say that's drawn water. That's water that's been put in a kli. Now, this discussion is what makes it considered Mayim Shofim. So firstly, we can see it makes no difference whether it was collected in a kli that can become tome or a kli that cannot become tome. The key point is that it's collected in a kli and then add it to the mikvah water. That would be the problem. Maim Shuvim, again, for Maim Shuvim, it's this water collected in the kli. And the other point is 
and this is going to be a bit of a discussion how to define that is there has to be an aspect of golidate. You have to show your intent is to collect the water, and there has to be kavona to collect the water. If water just collects by itself, even in a kli, it's not considered mayim shuvim, and if you add that to the mikvah, it would not ruin it. So let's just see this. So, hamenia kalim tachasatzinu lekabel bohem agashomim. If you put kalim under a pipe to receive water to collect rainwater. Whether it's um, big vessels or small vessels, even tiny little ones, or even stone or earthenware, or uh, dung vessel, um, vessels made out of dung, poisonous, a mikveh, they can invalidate the mikveh. And Beishamai say it's whether you left the key there on purpose under the pipe to collect the water or you forgot it there. And Beishilil say it's Tahor if you forgot it there. Again, the point behind Beishilil, but we'll go, we'll clarify it a bit more, is that if you forgot the bucket there, you're not collecting the water with intent. And if you're not collecting with intent, it doesn't turn into Meishuvim. Omar Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir says, Nim Beishilo. They took a vote and Beishamah were the majority of Beishilo Umoidim. Now, what's that telling us? Remember, that's the whole thing. The 18 Zeres were when you had a, they had a vote between Beishamah and Beishilo. That a vote to determine Allah and Beishamah were a majority. So that's what happened here. So this is the tenth one. Umoidim, then just to finish the point, Umoidim, agree if you forget a bucket, a kli, in the middle of the courtyard, that it's tahor. Because again, that's not, not with clear intent to gather the water. Um, Rabbi Yossi says, no, this was not one of the 18 Zairas that were determined and that decided in accordance with Beishamai, it was left unresolved. Um, now, just to clarify this, Machlokes, Beishamai, Beishil, Omar Ramashasha, Devei Rav Omri. Ramashasha said that the, in the yeshiva, this yeshiva of Rav, they used to say, HaKol Moedim Kesheh, Hei Nichum Beshar, Beshaz Kishur, Avim Tameim. Everyone agrees if you place a bucket under this pipe, oh, I should have, I forgot to mention, that this pipe is a pipe from the roof to the yeah, before we go further, let me just clarify the case. Sorry, I should have done this earlier. This pipe is a pipe collecting the, all the water that rains onto the roof. It falls through this pipe and then goes into the mikvah. Now he's putting this bucket under this pipe. Just one question, why doesn't the buck, the pipe make it a kli? Why is the pipe not a kli? And it's already him just by the fact that this pipe takes it from the roof to the... Um, from the roof to the mikvah, it's already it's in the pipe in a kli. It should be considered drawn water. I'm sure of him. So there are a few answers, but two of the answers are the first one is if the pipe is open at both ends and can't hold anything, well then maybe it's not considered a kli. It's not a kli, and therefore the water running through it is not collecting in a kli. Um, and a second answer, Rashi says, is kavur ulavasov chokaku. If you have a pipe that was a t- um, joined into the building or joined to the ground and then hollowed out it doesn't ever get the status of a clee so what you could theoretically do i mean there might be better ways nowadays they if you've built something into the building that's not necessarily such a could also be considered as part of the building and not uh, 
separate Kli. Buildings are not Kali. But if you put a wooden block in the wall and then hollow out the wooden block or hollow it out while it's still attached to the ground, that would all be ways that this pipe is not, the water collecting in this pipe is not Makabutuma. But again, you have rain, rain water that gathers on the roof and then goes through this pipe. And that's where you put the bucket. Now, Everyone, both by and agree, if you put this bucket under the pipe, when the clouds are gathering, it looks like it's going to rain, then the water would be tome. It's you're putting the bucket there to catch the rainwater, definitely becomes Majuvim. Bashaz Pizuravim, the Rakomatohirin. If you put it there when the clouds are scattered, it doesn't look like there's a good chance of rain, then obviously the water would be Tohor. They would argue when you put it there when there were lots of clouds, when and the clouds spread. So it was very overcast. Oh, it's going to rain. Let me put the bucket by the pipe to catch the water. And then the clouds cleared. The, cl- the sky cleared. And then when it's and it got overcast again, and then it rained. Mars of a base Hillel hold. Your intent was negated. I this had you initially put the bucket there was for the first rain. When the cloud um, cleared, when the sky cleared, well then, you have no intent to gather the rainwater anymore, and therefore when it does rain later on, it's not with intent to gather it, and therefore it will not be much. His thought was not negated. I, since he put the bucket there to collect rainwater, granted there was a break when he probably wasn't going to collect rainwater because the, cla- the scar had cleared, Still, he intended to collect it, and that, and that counts. So that, according to this opinion, according to Rabbi Meir, is the eighteenth, is the tenth of the of the eighteen decrees. Again, that if you put a bucket to collect water, when it's likely to under a pipe, when it's likely to rain into that pipe, when it's likely to rain, even if it's it clears up and then rains later. It's still considered intent and golidate that the water is considered maibshuvim. And if you take that water and add it to mikvah water, it would invalidate all the water. Then we just remember, Rebbe, this was all according to Rebbe Meir, who said that this was a case that they took a vote on and decided in accordance with Beishama. Rebbe Yossi says, no, they never voted on it. This, the halacha remained unresolved. I, at that point, just interested, just uh, what would be the halacha? when it remains unresolved. Um, so obviously we follow Basil. Any Machlokes Vashama and Basil, we always follow Basil, except for like these 18, where Halach was voted and decided in accordance with Vashama. So it would be Basil. And on Rabbi Yossi, the Machlokes, that I'm going to who says that the, that it was a Machlokes, it wasn't part of the 18 Gezeris, Botsrilu, he's going to end up with too few. I... We're up to 10. Rabbi Yossi is up to 9. So how does he get it up to 10 out of 18? So Om Rabbi Nach. says, no, they made the Xaira that the daughters of Kutim are considered Nida from their, um, from their cots, from when they're one day old. And what this is, a, a, we know that a woman who 
sees dam gets the laws of a nida. Now this halacha applies whether she sees dam when she's mature and it's definitely dam nida, or whether she's a baby who's one day old. Now that's learnt out from a drosha. Kutim generally kept Torah Shebichsab, what's clearly in the Chumash, but they didn't keep most droshas they didn't hold by. So they ignored this halacha, and therefore they said there's always a concern that that young child saw dam, and according to the Kutim, they didn't treat her as a nida, um, and therefore the Ramas came along and made a that no, all their daughters, any young Kuti, must be treated as a nida. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.